I mean, these are the things that I think about. It takes a village. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. What's good? With your girl Rocky. And your boy O. And today we talking about coming home for the holidays mm-hmm. and being with your family. Family time. <laughs> right, right. So... You know, it's interesting when you come home once you move away, or you may be down the street. I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what you have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But um, coming home for the holidays can be different things. Like, you wanted to represent, like, this good time with the family, but there could also have been some problems with the family, too. Like, when you were a child or as an adult and just nobody talks about that shit, or that shit comes out mm-hmm. over Christmas dinner, you know? <laughs> it's very... Very interesting coming home for the holidays as adults now. Um, but, oh, you were talking a little bit about the roles that we play. So I wanted right. you to elaborate a little bit on that. So I talked a little bit about this on a post I did on Smart Love. Check that out for a plug, 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 plug <laughs> a little slight plug for like relationship advice or um, just facts of, uh, about relationships and ways to open up connections and form stronger connections with your partner, whoever you may be. Love is love. No discrimination around here. But, of course, I always support black love. That's what I like. <laughs> as long as we love each other, we're going to be all right. But in terms of the roles that we play in our families, I feel like a lot of times when we go into scenarios, especially during the time of the holidays, uh, it kind of puts us back into the roles that we were when we were children uh, because we're going back in that same environment and you kind of gel back into that same dynamic without you even knowing it. So being conscious of this stuff is really uh, important when you are going home and interacting with your family, whether it's been uh, for the holidays or or whenever you interact with them, if it's been a minute. Um, So the example for me was like, I'm always the comic relief in my family if there's any anxiety or stress or anything else like that because of just my personality. Um, now that's uh, an adaptive way of uh, dealing with things to make sure that my family's not too like the tension isn't too big um, or anything else like that, and it helps with everyone who's involved in like Thanksgiving or, or if there's any tension between family members in that way. Uh, so it's a good thing, but there could be negative ways as well. Like if every time you uh, you have an uncle who every time he gets stressed out he goes for the drinks. And then he drinks like all day throughout Thanksgiving. And then by the time it's dinner, <laughs> he's like lit at the dinner table. And then that causes more problems because that's like a chain reaction that triggers your aunt. And then, you know, it can go on and on and on. And if everybody fits into the same roles and is not aware of uh, those, those same negative maladaptive patterns that they have, uh, they can stick to those roles and actually disrupt uh, what could be a, a bonding time and a time to reconnect with people. Um, So just being conscious of stuff like that, um, really checking in on yourself and seeing what stuff, uh, what role you played when you were a a kid or a child, um, it's important. It's important to just check on you, uh, see a therapist. I would uh, definitely advise seeing a therapist. Take care of your mental health, especially during these times. Um, These are times that are a lot 
a lot of people struggle with because of the family dynamics, whether it's you had a good family upbringing or not. This is a time where families are, are seen as supposed to be together. So that image in itself makes that pressure feel hard. It makes that pressure even um, more built up mm-hmm. for you to want to be in like a perfect family scenario. So just that the type of thinking in itself, if you don't achieve that, it can be kind of harmful in you, to your ego. To You might be starting to think like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why haven't I got this together? Why isn't my family together? Why am I not in a relationship? All, all this stuff is like stuff <laughs> in your head. Yeah, them questions at the dinner table. Yeah, them questions <laughs> that you get asked at the dinner table, and then it's like sibling robberies. Like, oh well, why can't you do this? Your sister went to law school and learned da, 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 da. like all this stuff is is stuff that can be played out. But if you check in on yourself and you're confident in yourself, um, and you you don't you don't have to fall back into those same roles, or you know feel the pressure to meet anybody else's expectations. Like, mm-hmm. you're in the process of doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to give yourself room to grow and develop and trust your own process mm-hmm. and know that if you're going in a positive and forward direction, it doesn't really matter how you how long it takes you. Like, mm-hmm. that's your journey. You got to do what you got to do and learn the lessons that you learn. Um, so if you if you take it from that perspective, it's, and it doesn't really matter what anybody else says. Like, don't compare yourself to somebody else. Don't compare your salary to nobody else. If you're doing it to motivate yourself, cool. But if you're doing it to down yourself, that's not what you do. That's not what you should do. You should be trying to elevate your own like levels. You know. You know, I definitely felt that because when I was going through undergrad, shout out Hampton University, H-U. <laughs> the real HU. <laughs> but um, sorry, Howard. So so, um, <laughs> so I was going through undergrad, and I was really starting to develop who I was, what I believed, what I valued. But it wasn't definite by graduation like I was still on that journey I wasn't secure in that journey and I knew because my dad he wanted me to move back home and like work where he wanted me to work and that kind of thing and it was like I wasn't one I wanted to go back to school I wanted to go to grad school for marriage and family therapy did that graduated but anyways (laughs) so um slight something slight you know but two degrees I I knew (laughs) that I wasn't done becoming who I was and if I went back before I was done mm. I would I would slip right back into the Yo, same that's, beliefs that's and stuff like that though, cause like you recognize that in yourself and mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta save yourself from yourself by knowing who you are yeah. like, if you know that you can't be in that environment again mm-hmm. like you gotta be able to just be honest with yourself be real with yourself mm-hmm. and try to get yourself out mm-hmm. try to adapt to the situation like you said you did yeah and that turned out great for you exactly because <laughs> and i moved to california because of it because i knew that's well not san diego where i ended up but definitely oakland where i am now yes. it, it definitely cemented who i was what i believed in what i value right. my spiritual beliefs like all of that like it definitely cemented who i am and i needed that in order before i could come home Cause now I'm not gonna be changed. Right. Cause you I'm got, sure of myself. There you yeah. go. There mm-hmm. you go. You don't have to like worry about anything shifting. Or yeah, like yeah. That Because you know who you are. Mm-hmm. That that identity is solidified. You know who you are, and and if you want to move in a certain direction, it's gonna be on your mm-hmm. your um your choice mm-hmm. on your terms. Yeah. 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 But um. But thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I definitely sure. wanted to talk about that. But now we're just gonna talk about yeah, we got um, a whole list, y'all. Just like, like woo, we got some topics: black parenting, <laughs> black family, black children, just the dynamics, y'all. Yeah. So first and foremost, if it were up to me, I would have people 
go through an evaluation <laughs> and education before they would be able to conceive a child. <laughs> but because we're in a capitalistic government, they would make that shit the rich versus poor, so we can't do that. Pretty much because they would just offer the classes. Exactly, to exactly, motherfuckers. But anyways, so that would be my thing. But in that sense, it's because where do people learn about parenting? Right. A lot of a lot of parents learn from how they were parented. Which means there's a lot of people passing down negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> like negative ways of parenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like ineffective ways. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. It's not even... If you really think about it, some of the stuff that we've been growing up on, it, it, we've grown up on it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. to keep doing. But we just do it because it's like, well, you know. That's what that's tradition. That's what, <laughs> and it's like you sometimes you do it without even knowing it because you grew up observing it right. and seeing it and watching it, and it just becomes like so automatic that you do it with your own kids. Yeah. So that being said, I'm going to pause and I'm going to hold on real quick. I just want to make sure. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up this article on that same same topic and it's called 21 black mama sayings that we all grew up hearing (laughs) and it's by mj so let's go through this list we can comment on them as we hear them first i'm not one of your little friends (laughs) classic (laughs) so that is definitely making sure the dynamics are there where the parent is in the hierarchy and the children are below. Right. Mm-hmm. Know your role. Know your place. Exactly. Respect your elders. Uh-huh. Oh, here's another one. Do I look like Boo Boo the Fool? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's so crazy that, like, if a, a person who was not black was just hearing these, they're like, what the hell does that mean? Black mama science. For real. It's definitely within the culture. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I know we talked about this earlier, but black culture is real thing. Don't let nobody else tell you different. Check out episode two. What kind of black are you? <laughs> know that. Um, so number three, a hard head makes a soft behind. Mm. Yeah, I heard that one before. See, <laughs> the issue I take with this is a lot of times you wasn't getting smart. A lot of times you wasn't being stubborn or a hard head. You, just, you, you were just asking questions. Either like, or yes, disagreeing. Just, in a polite like, way. Yeah. Just, you know how like when you make a point mm-hmm. and you got them mm-hmm. like dead or right, you like yeah motherfucker, I got you mm-hmm. I don't care if you older than me uh-huh you wrong nah mm-hmm. nah 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 they be like nope they just pull the I'm the adult card mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know what's best I when, know what's best like, like, parents, question me you don't always know what's best and that's okay you do your best but you don't always know what's yeah, best like saying okay? that you know everything is like not even good because then you setting yourself up for failure mm-hmm. and setting up unrealistic expectations of what a parent's supposed to be so when you do mess up that's like the fall from grace right there like you're supposed to be perfect and then you don't even teach your uh, children about um, learning from their mistakes that's what y'all need to really be teaching each other about Right, right, for real. Um, number four, first of all, check your tone. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a tone. No, I love this one. <laughs> first of all, first of all, watch your tone. Watch mm-hmm. your tone. You need to watch your tone. Who you think you're talking to? <laughs> um, five, my personal favorite. Stop all that crying before I give you something to cry about. 
which is usually said once you've been whooped. <laughs> like that's like, a natural reaction it's to already cry. happened. Like what you want me to do about this? I'm in pain. <laughs> you gotta stifle that shit. Like for real. <laughs> like come on, what you want me to do? So uh, let's see. Number six. Ooh, another favorite. You got McDonald's money. <laughs> This applies to anything. <laughs> like, it really do. But McDonald's was, like, the best go-to for that It's shit. just because it's a common thing. Like, yeah. Hey, McDonald's. But yet, we went, but it was, like, on their terms. <laughs> mm. You know, we went to McDonald's. That's why we knew McDonald's. We was like, I want it. True. And it was like, you got McDonald's money? Which, thinking about that, it's My actually really true. My ass was not at McDonald's. My ass was at home. <laughs> I went, like, every once in a while, maybe. Well, my family, it was like, my mom cooked during the week, but on weekends we eat fast food. Mm, true, mm-hmm. true. I don't know, like, we used to, yo, for real, just stay eating in the house, like, maybe go out every once in a while, but my mom just, like, my mom's cooking was so bomb, it's like, every time I went out, I'm like, ah, it's okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> well, that's good, shit. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. how, that's how I love it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to have it like that, at least, but I would probably do it in, in your in your way, like, going out to eat. That's what I do now, mm-hmm. basically. It's like, whenever I'm going out to eat, it's uh, for the weekend, because I'm trying to save money, stack my bread, and just cook. Plus, I could cook, too. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. On to the next one. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so, seven. Don't get in trouble following behind them white kids. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> well, for me, that was different. Like, my upbringing was... There were some white kids around me during, like, when I was, like, a kid, mm-hmm. like, elementary school, mm-hmm. but not that many. And then when I went to high school, it was the same, like, majority majority of my school was minority. <laughs> so, we were, yeah. Well, we lucky were you. I went to a predominantly white high school. Yeah, no, nah, I was I was blessed, like, that's why I got introduced to a lot of, uh, like, Asian American and Latinos, and that's just my exposure to other uh, cultures was in high school, so, and white people, too. Uh, these are like the white people, well, for the most part, the white people who are like, um, like Eminem now, like woke, but just like, yeah, all right, don't don't get too carried away though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those that's so, the best way I can describe. I think this saying <laughs> applies to like the stories you heard about white people, white kids cursing out their parents and hitting their parents, like mm. that yeah. wouldn't no, you would die. <laughs> like, yeah, it's interesting that that happens, though. I wonder if that's just um... some disrespectful ass shit. Okay, so shit. what if what if what if this is a theory about like how um, white mothers didn't care for their like infants? It was the mammy that did, Ooh. so maybe they didn't get uh, the loving and nurturing from the, the mom, right? Or the disciplinary actions. So they're like, true. whenever stuff goes on, maybe that's like another. Although, I don't know, because I don't know if Mammy was disciplining the white kids. I think she was, but not in that way. But, like, it's mm-hmm. like the white kids would be able to do whatever mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the mom. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Eight, I hope you know the schoolwork like you know them songs. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so true. 
But shout if out to y'all memorize if y'all can memorize them songs. <laughs> but shout out to them teachers who are using songs That's for their lesson plans. And this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Like why the why the kids always gotta come to you? Why can't you come to the kids? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, why can't you reach the kids where they're at when they're trying to learn? What are they excited about? Why is it always okay? Well, this is how I learn. So you gotta learn this way. This is what I mean about breaking tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not every tradition is good. The way that we learn is not the best. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Look at our standards in the world. Like, we don't even know how to think outside the box. You got a whole bunch of people that just follow whatever's cool yeah, or right. follow whatever's popping and just be sheep about it. So, we need to learn and teach people, uh, especially our children, like, different ways of thinking. How to think outside the box, be critical about your thinking, and not just go with the norm. Yeah. True, true. Uh, the next one, you smelling yourself. <laughs> Feeling it. I mean, shit. Why is that a bad thing, though? It's not. Depending on when you're doing it. It's usually after you did something stupid. Oh, so you think you're feeling yourself, huh? You Oh, you you, you good? You smelling yourself right now? All right, okay. You think you... you come here. <laughs> something like that. It's usually one of those things. True, true. <laughs> like, oh, you think you bad. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, the next one. When we get in the store, don't touch nothing either. That's when I was one of them kids. Like maybe for like a little while, you had that phase, but after a while, I learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. Keep your damn hands to yourself. <laughs> Lead them M and M's up on that damn show. <laughs> Hell, you doing? Uh, the next one, fix your face. Fix your face. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm remembering like. This is not she on just the had a list. Flashback, y'all. I did. She had a like. I did to my mama, <laughs> but um, these, I don't think these are on the it's list. It's a raving moment. Her eyes got wide as hell just now. So it's. I don't think it's on this list, but like, you know, when you be doing them sighs and breathing hard, <laughs> my mama be like, "You got a breathing problem." <laughs> oh shit! Need the asthma pump, huh? What's what you? What's what's good? You need an inhaler? Uh, all that huffing and puffing. Uh-huh. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep, yep. <laughs> you ain't say no more. I already know where you at right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. The next one. I don't care what so-and-so's mama does. I'm uh, not so-and-so's yeah. mama. <laughs> yeah. This Same is- thing with kids, too. Like I don't care what I don't care what they doing. Like oh, what their parents allow uh-huh. them to do, or yeah, what they right. doing, or what games they have. Right. Like you in this house, <laughs> right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Shutting that shit down quick. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Ooh, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> uh oh. Keep playing and see what happens. See, I had a smart mouth, y'all. Sorry, mama. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I was not that nice of a teenager to you. We better now, though. (laughs) Growth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Next one. Oh, is that your little friend? (laughs) Oh, yeah. We don't know that one. One girlfriend, one boyfriend. That's your little friend. (laughs) Which I'm like. Especially down south girls. Like, they parents always say that. Oh, that's your little friend. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, (laughs) is that. I don't, what is that? I don't know. I, I I guess it's just a subtle way of like, you know, we all know. And we know that y'all better not be doing that. And, that. and see, and that's what I thought. I was like, it's not about the relationship. It's you better not be having sex. Yeah, it's kind of like a, 
your friend, even if they know that y'all having sex, it's like, mm, y'all better not be like, not in this house. Or, mm-hmm. It's like, a, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's but in a good way though, because sometimes it might be like someone that you actually feel like you're in a relationship with and, and doing well. They might, oh, okay, I see you with your little friend. It depends on the tone. Mm-hmm. I see you with your little friend. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's a different story than, oh, okay, I see you with your little friend. Mm-hmm. I see you, girl. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> So it depends. Watch the tone. You know how we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you got to look at it. <laughs> Yo. Hold up. Pause a moment. There's so much rhythm to the way we speak. Yes. I love it. Yes, it is. I love my people, y'all. So the next one saying might be said through clenched teeth <laughs> or when you're receiving that whooping with some pauses in the middle. Didn't I tell you? Oh yeah, you could definitely get mm-hmm. your ones in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? You think I'm playing? All right, come here, come here. <laughs> <laughs> See, what my mama did in public was she would hold my hand. You would think everything is all right, it's okay. but see, like, <laughs> no, no. What she did though, she put her nail in the palm oh, of my shit. hand. Yo, that's that sneaky old like, grandma church act together that's that, right that's that now. Old throwback but, church trick. But right you there, know, like, you couldn't like here, baby. you couldn't do that shit in didn't public. I, didn't I tell you? Just, I stopped acting exactly. Up in she would take that nail. I, I quick acting up real quick because that shit hurt. She had some sharp nails. And then they'll be like, shut up, shut up. Don't, don't you, don't try to act like everything's normal. Like, mm-hmm. you over here like, like my hand. <laughs> <laughs> you over here like, my hand. Like, no, you better, you better stop. Mm-hmm. You better stop crying. <laughs> yeah, you better stop crying. I'll give you some crap out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, ooh, next one. Don't let your mouth write a check your ass can't oh, cash. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a throwback one. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Again, I had that smart mouth. <laughs> ooh. Next one. Stop running in and out of my house. <laughs> Especially if we got the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to heat the whole neighborhood. <laughs> right. That's or cool point. the whole neighborhood. Either or. Ooh, this one, I did not realize until I was an adult. You smell like outside. Yep. It's outside smells like, what is it? Like grass. Wet, wet dog. Or, no, wet, like it's grass, grass and sweat. But it's, yeah, it's sweat and like, it's just it's grass. A, it's an earthy smell. Yeah, you can smell it, though. You <laughs> but know? I never smelled it as a child. But, like, as an adult... I think I did. I never did. I think I did when I wasn't playing. Like, if there was a time when I wasn't playing outside and oh, all the grass was, uh, then I smelled it. But when you in it, you can't smell that yeah. shit. Yeah. But, yeah, as an adult, I was like, ooh! Yeah. Too... What? <laughs> like, yo, you gotta take a shower, bro. What Eddie Griffin say? Too funky for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover brother. Undercover That's brother. the movie. Classic. Classic. Mm-hmm. Next one. Ooh. Shout out to the guy. Yeah. <laughs> this was my mom's personal favorite. Uh-oh. My mom's personal favorite was, I brought you in this world and I can take you out. Yeah, that's definitely in there. See, my thing is, why are we threatening lives though? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... Although I love the culture, sometimes it's like, yeah, this is not really the best thing to be saying. <laughs> right? My mama also right said, the best, my mama also said, it'll be two hits. Me hitting and you, you and you hitting the flow. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, I love that one. That one's like, like, I want to know who created the first one. Right? 
And then how did everybody know to say this shit? Like all the black mamas got together and was like, you say this. But but again, it's generational. So if you're observing your parents do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a sec. Ooh, the, um, the next one. Go sit down somewhere. Yeah. Especially like they just got home from work. They don't want to be bothered. Or you just annoying them. <laughs> Talking too much. The next one and the last one is if someone hits you first, you hit them back. Mm-hmm. 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 But um, but with these black mama sayings, like, yeah. So as you're observing your own parents do them, a lot of times you do them, mm-hmm. whether that's conscious or not. And then maybe like back in the day, it was more of a collective. So your black mama is watching somebody else's kids or like everybody's like out and about and you see black mama saying this. So the black, the other black mama going to say it too and stuff like that. And it just gets passed down throughout. Maybe I don't, I don't know what happened. How, how everybody know this hashtag grown up black. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but I did want to say to that is that I definitely have that black mama in me. I really do. It's like an intuition. Them, them sayings be coming up. <laughs> Just naturally. Just naturally. <laughs> and like with my sister especially, she ain't like a lot of noise. So if the kid was crying, she ain't like that. <laughs> Definitely you better stop crying before I give you something to cry about. So like with me... I don't like a lot of noise either. And it's just like, I feel the black mama saying coming out. And I'm like, but as a therapist, I'm very conflicted. Cause I'm like, oh, that's not healthy. You ain't supposed to tell your child that or talk to your child like that. But at the same time, shit, like get your act together. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit difficult to balance the two. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Uh, yeah. But as a therapist, you know, you got to use your culture and your experience to your advantage. That's mm-hmm. what makes... Like I said all the time, like, therapy is art and science. That's why I love it. Because I, I am a person who likes to think a lot, but also being able to connect on that emotional level with another human being, being able to empathize, but not taking everything that they have, so you're not taking it home with you. It is a science and an art to it. Like, it's not as easy as people think it may be. Um, and it's not all one-sided as many people would maybe. Like, a lot of people, I think, have this misconception I was talking to somebody uh, last night about this too. Mm. That uh, a lot of therapists just um, are all like really cocky, and like every time I, I was talking to her, she was like, "Oh, you're not gonna get me!" Like I'm trying to like get some prize something out of her by just having a conversation, right? First of all, I'm off the clock. I don't think y'all right? understand. Y'all don't understand. understand. Yo, like I'm off the clock. I'm a totally different person. <laughs> like off Bruh. the clock. Like yes, I may think similarly, but ain't nobody trying to do my job. No. Like no. no, I'm not taking I'm not, no notes. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not I ain't getting paid for this shit either. <laughs> I'm not trying to do no, none of that stuff. No. Like if we having a dope conversation, it's just because we having a dope conversation. Mm-hmm. Like. And this, that's the craziest part was like, we were talking this whole time, having a nice convo. And then after I told her my occupation, it was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that just happens all the time. But it, it is what it is um, mm-hmm. when it comes down to that. But for real, um, as therapists, we do need to use our culture. And the fact that you, you find that balance in it and that art and that science, it's, it's what creates a lot of healing in it. And that's what I love about the work that we do. Mm-hmm. So for sure, I get what you're saying, but 
you can't throw it all out either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that culture is what makes you a great therapist, exactly. especially for African Americans. Exactly. Um, I did want to bring up Dr. Joy DeGruz's book, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. Um, spoiler alert for anybody who has not read the book. Sorry, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've read excerpts of it, but it's whatever. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with a lot of it. I just need to get more in depth with it. But go ahead, you know. So she she <laughs> talks about this scene at a bank where this black mama is in line with her child, and like the child is clinging to the mom's leg, whereas the white mama, her children, all running around, hollering, screaming around in the bank, right? And then there's also, like, another black lady, like, behind them, right? So when, and then it was like, what's up with that? Why is the black child clinging? Oh, well, no, let me continue. So then the the first black mom, she steps up to the counter, and, like, the child takes this opportunity because, like, she's shorter than the counter to kind of, like, shrink away because mom can't see her. And, like, the other black lady who's in line, like, gave her that look. You know that look, y'all. <laughs> And, like, she quickly went back to the black mom, whereas, again, the white mom and her kids, her kids all running around, and she's just, like, apologizing to the people in line without getting her children in control. Um, and, what, and what Dr. Joy DeGruy was saying is that's because of slavery. Hmm. Like, one, your children weren't allowed to be children. Like, children learn through play. Children learn through imagination, creativity, and they weren't allowed to be children. They weren't allowed to express themselves and just run freely. Mm. And two, it was safety. You needed your children close with you at all times and you can see them. So nothing happens to them. And I was like, wow. You see that shit all the time. Like, that's definitely, like, and when I read it, I'm like, holy shit, I would have done that too. But then I was like, hold up, pause, though. A bank ain't no place for a child to be running around. Take their ass to a park. Counterpoint. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of true, too. Right, right, right. (laughs) And I was like, levels to this shit. (laughs) (laughs) That balance, like I said. But, yeah, but if... I didn't connect the dots to slavery, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people, when they try to disconnect from slavery, especially a lot of white people, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they do this quickly to try, like, you know, oh, the conversation is, is heavy. It's, it's, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, so they just, like, try to skip over it. Like, oh, slavery, okay, it ended. Okay, we're good. We're good, right? We're good, right? Okay, okay, okay. Like, it's like, calm down. Mm-hmm. Let's try to really assess what's going on. Do you really care about making uh, things right, wrong in the rights of... of the past so that we can all actually be on an equal playing field or are you just trying to skip over that shit and then live your life and benefit from the institutions that are still uh oppressing a lot of us to this day and and it's a lot of it psychological like you Mm -hmm, were saying mm -hmm. you don't even connect that and that has a a huge influence on not only the way that black boys and girls are treated within the school and Mm -hmm. how they are perceived Mm -hmm. so when they aren't behaving Mm -hmm. um like that they're treated one way and it might be seen as them being rebels because in slavery's days, maybe that's what it was. Like, if your child is out of control, it's like, oh, you need to discipline him right now. I'm the master. Tell you, tell uh, your little boy to do it. I don't even know if it was that because let's take a quick moment to talk about corporal punishment. I mean, I haven't done any mm-hmm. research. I mean, I may have read some stuff and, like, came to this opinion, but I haven't specifically set out to research it. But my opinion is that... 
Instead of the master whooping my child, I would whoop my child. Yeah, that's first. what happens. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. So I don't know if it was a conversation for the master saying, "Oh, you better get your child in line." Like I don't. Well, I don't it might have been. It might have been, been, been one conversation where it was an example, and then there never, never needed to be a conversation after that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and much. and yeah, and it, you see something done to a child, then you're like. Well, at all costs, we have to protect the child. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, I can do some fuck shit. Mm-hmm. That's my child. I got to do whatever I got to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, while I understand that, so it's like you need to keep your child in control because you don't want anything worse to happen. Exactly. Like, it was it was in post-traumatic um, stress, your body is reacting to the danger. Mm. And, like, you're acting in survival mode. And we've been acting in survival mode for so long that we don't know how to turn it off. True. Historical trauma, y'all, is real. And that affects us on a so lot. many levels. So <laughs> many levels. And so, like, normally when you're presented in a dangerous situation, it passes. Like, if you can, like, escape the lion and shit. So, like, it passes. Mm-hmm. So you go back to baseline. But because we're always acting in survival, it but it's like, it we're no longer, well, <clears throat> With these cops, though, but we're no longer in a immediate position, except for these cops, of danger. But we're still acting in survival mode. Well, I mean, some of us are because we're yeah. put in environments where everything's mm-hmm. there's no resources in terms of jobs, no mm-hmm. resources in terms of food. There's no, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you put people in that environment, and they're literally going to have to do what they have to do to survive. Well, I'm saying, like in my household, I lived in a white neighborhood. Two parents, single family home, and they were still doing that shit. So, mm-hmm. like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we didn't need to survive at that point, but it's so ingrained in us that that's all we know. Yeah. You know? Even when you do get out. Exactly, exactly. Quote, unquote, get out. Mm-hmm. You can't get out of your mind, so you have to be able to process it. You, mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. you can't get out. You can't go through. Mm-hmm. You can try to go through the processing and try to get some understanding of why you do the things that you do, but... If you don't even, if you aren't even conscious of that stuff, that's what I'm talking about, like blind spots, mental blind spots, emotional blind spots, mm-hmm. where you just don't know where, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? This is why you as a parent need to get yourself together, <laughs> get yourself, create wholeness within yourself. And then with your partner, your partner needs to be whole as well. Exactly. And you need to be whole as a couple before you have kids. I'm just saying. <laughs> church this morning but, but you know i'm just saying get your shit together like and that's why i was saying that evaluation and education because they're learning from you right they're, they're being you. impacted from you all your patterns of exactly. behavior are gonna become the way patterns. you communicate the way you interact with people the way you express anger mm-hmm. the way you express the way you show how you express your feelings that will mm-hmm. tell them how they're going to express their feelings. Mm-hmm. If you are just reserved and isolating yourself, they're going to look at that as like, okay, so this is what I need to do when I'm feeling a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. If you're able to express with them, and I know it's like, it might be new for you too, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I know I'm pushing the therapy thing a lot, but it's just facts. I like, mean, it- I don't know if y'all seen Jay-Z interview, but y'all need to watch it. I'm about to do like a project on that, putting that out this week on Smart Love. Another plug, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's and I'm, all right. I'm, I'm breaking down, like, for real, like, what he was saying about how his journey through therapy 
helped him not only as an individual, but through his marriage as well. And Beyonce was in there too. That's why Beyonce went to therapy, ladies. So, ain't no like, oh, it's it's, it's above me. I don't know. No. I'm too see, shy. See, I, I, my thing is, I, I can't do it. I can't. Do, is, I don't do therapy. Beyonce have, does it, so why can't you? My thing is, you got a problem. It ain't being fixed. So you're not gonna take this opportunity to po- possibly work that problem out, what? or are you just gonna stay within the problem? Right. And what's it? What's it about? Is it pride? You know, mm-hmm. what? What? what, what well, is it? that could be nah. It could st- be scared st- too. Though. No, stigmas against therapy have a lot to do with the culture as well, and that's a different episode. Yeah. Um, but go to therapy, y'all. Seek yeah. out a black therapist if you can. Psychology Today is a great resource. Yeah, I'm on there. Look me up. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so I wanted to come back to the black mama saying you smelling yourself. Mm. Dr. Joy DeGruy was saying that we put down our children because think about it. Your children could be sold at any point. So it's like, especially like with rape with the, the women, mm. it's like if master or master son is looking at your child, like, oh, she growing, she growing into herself. Like, oh, she, she looking nice. Nah, she don't look nice. Mm-mm, she dumb. She ugly. She don't look nice. Mm. And that's that pattern of putting down our children. And y'all know that happens in black families. We be putting each other down. Like, God, it's annoying. So, and it's. Damn, that should just hit like, right? damn. Oh. And it's because you don't want to build that child up, right? Because you don't want them to be sold, you don't want them to be raped, you don't want to, you don't want them to be seen. Mm. You know, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doctor Joy DeGruy, post traumatic stress syndrome. Check it out. Um, another one um that I thought of in relation to slavery was so um, done emotional intelligence. That's my next book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't find it. Where'd it go? But the one where it's like, when we go into the store, don't touch nothing. I was thinking about it because like, mm-hmm. white people own the stores. So if I have to go into the store to buy something, like, they were hella racist. So like, and again, I don't want nothing to happen to my child, so don't touch shit. Right. So you're like taking that uh, pre- pre- preventative measure to mm-hmm. make sure that you don't get in no mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Um, even if your kid is touching stuff, because white kids could come in the store, touch stuff, put it but down. But they were allowed exactly. to. Exactly. exactly. They had that freedom to be children and to be curious. Right. You pick we, it up. What's this? Oh, okay. Boom. Put it down. Our black or, children didn't or know that. Or a lot of the times, oh, what's this? Oh, let me get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, while y'all watch the black people. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Don't sleep on them motherfuckers. Um, but another thing... Uh, stop all that crying before I give you something to cry about. Again, back to slavery. We weren't allowed to express our emotions. We weren't allowed to express our sadness. We weren't allowed to express our anger. Because that could be your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, and even when you were being whooped, it was so, like, there have been movies where, you know, you stifle that tear. And you stifle that scream out because you don't want to give that mess of the sad- satisfaction of bringing you to pain and bringing you to tears, even though it's very painful and stuff. Hell yeah. But man. but also in times like, so say your wife is being raped Ugh. and you're the husband and you can't do shit about it and you want to get upset. You want to kill this nigga. Yeah. And Master's like, what you going to do about it? You can't show your anger. That woman who's being raped couldn't show her sadness. Right. It's just fucking crazy. So we're teaching our children... To shut all that up. Nip that in the bud. Because you weren't allowed to have feelings. You weren't allowed to express yourself. Mm. 
That's what I'm saying, y'all. The culture that black Americans have experienced and are still experiencing is like directly impacted by slavery. So don't give me that shit of it was 400 years ago. Okay? That shit impacts us on multiple levels, in multiple areas. And we don't even know it. Whew. All right. I'm preaching today. Man, I'm, I just, I'm just like reflecting and thinking about stuff now. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I know, but I got I to gotta stop because I'm going to just sit here and think and I, I need to talk <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> but I was just in deep thought like, damn, mm-hmm, man, this mm-hmm. just affects. I was thinking about all the ways that it does affect us in society. Uh, so just breaking that down in my mind, like that can affect so many aspects of a, a child's life mm-hmm. and then their development. Uh, think about adults, uh, a.k.a. black men who can't express themselves. Right. They can't express themselves. And their anger mm-hmm. a lot of times is drowned in a substance or something else, like something to escape. It's always like an escape from the emotion of, of anything dealing with pain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, pain is either like have to be dealt with aggression or something else like that. Something where it can be put to work. You know what I mean? It's always something that can be put to like, okay, you have to do this, you have to do that, but never like a, a chance for that emotion to just be still within itself. Like you mm-hmm. can't just say like, okay, I feel sad. Like I just do. Like mm-hmm. I and it's okay. And to it's feel okay. That. You know yes, I mean? yes. That that's never been the opportunity has never been really even presented for mm-hmm. a lot of men. Mm-hmm. So just be like, yo, fucking, yo, I just don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Life right now is tough, and yo, it's just rough right now. Mm-hmm. Fucking like feeling that way. It's always like, oh, you know, I'm all right. Like, like you know, I, like, I got grind. Like, I got this, all that. Like, mm-hmm. yo, grind, do your shit, but like, don't fucking fool yourself. Like, if you are feeling like a type of way, like, seek some help, talk to some people. Pause. Feel your feelings. For real. Mm. And I was thinking about the black, from the black woman perspective, um, I was talking to someone who was non-black um, and she was in a relationship with a black partner mm. and like she wasn't standing up for herself and like the black partner was stepping in and like standing up for her and she was like, how can she be like so confident and so outspoken? No choice. And I was like, that's just black women. Like, and that's why a lot of times we get that angry black woman because we're very passionate. We're not afraid of speaking up for what we want. Man, but I'm like, I never got but, but I'm like, <laughs> When did that change, though? Hmm? Because we were, like, we were slaves, so we weren't allowed to be outspoken, and we weren't allowed to say what we believed. So when did when did that take place? When did that change happen where black women started? You I know think... what? I had a topic written down. We're going to talk about it in two seconds. Okay. Okay? Because I think I know what you're about to say, okay. and I think <laughs> it's there. Okay. We're going to come back to it. Put a pin in it. All right, cool. Um... So next thing I wanted to talk about was the parent-child power dynamic. Mm. A lot of times, you know, it's the concept of a child is seen, not heard, which could also have been impacted by slavery. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be seen like, I see you, you can do your work, I keep tabs on your ass, you ain't escaping, you ain't plotting, you ain't reading, mm-hmm. you ain't learning, mm-hmm. you're just working. Mm-hmm. All right, I can see you, I don't want to hear nothing. Mm-hmm. Shut them songs up. But um, but with this parent-child power dynamic, I'm not sure why it is, but it's like, again, the parents are always right. They make all the rules. Yeah. It's very authoritarian 
parenting. Yes, yeah, no, I don't find that effective because I, I want, I envision myself having a son, a son and a daughter, and I want to, especially for my um, daughter, to have her know that her opinion is valued mm-hmm. and like appreciated, mm-hmm. even if I disagree, and I will shut that shit down, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not in a way like shut it down where you can't communicate. Like mm-hmm. I disagree. Um, my word is going to be the last word, but that doesn't mean that you can't express your opinion. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean your opinion isn't valuable. And it doesn't mean that I won't change my mind if I do see some value in which direction you want to go. Mm-hmm. And if you can present it, the better you present your argument, the better that you can uh, elaborate on your thoughts and mm-hmm. express your mm-hmm. feelings, articulate your feelings, the more impressed I'm going to be with you and the more likely I'm going to be able to do it. Because I want my queen, my princess... To be able to do whatever she wants to do, say how she wants to say it, and boss the fuck up. That's what <laughs> I look at. That's how I want to see it. And if you're able to do that, then most of the time I'll be like, yeah, you can, you can go out, you can do whatever. Because that, that shows a level of maturity and responsibility mm-hmm. and um, vulnerability. But, you, but, but you have to give them that space to do it, though. Right. And that's going to be the thing that, that so, I want to practice with my daughter or my son like mm-hmm. from jump. Like, so you can when I was in like. practicum... Uh, I facilitate parenting classes and uh, I forget which topic this was, but we talked about different parenting styles and the first one was authoritarian. Yep. Yep. So that's the, I make all the rules. You do what I say. You live under my my roof. The highway. Yeah. You live under my roof. Um, Then there was also passive, which a lot of times that's because the parent is not mentally there. It's like, okay, you know, he's just like that. It's, um, when the kid's doing something and like the parent can't do anything about it. Mm. That's a lot of white parents. I'm just saying, but just, I mean, it'll calm down in a minute. Just, you just get it all out. <laughs> you ever hear that? Bullshit? But like, it's okay. It'll be a minute. Like, like the concept like, of, like, oh, we don't got time. He's tearing up the store right now. <laughs> like I couldn't get my child to do this. Like what? <laughs> that wasn't an option. It's just, he just wouldn't go to school today. The fuck? The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you better get your ass up and go to school. The, the, Who the, you the, the fuck? Right? He didn't what? He didn't what? <laughs> so that's passive. So then you have in the middle, authoritative. Mm-hmm. And authoritative is that negotiation, is that discussion you where go. you're giving your that children, balance, baby. giving your children that space. I mean, you do still have the upper hand at the end of the day, yeah, you're, but you're, you're allowing them that space. And what I realized through facilitating these classes and learning the material is that my parents. So my parents were more authoritarian when I was young, when I was a child. Mm. But once I became a teenager, they were more authoritative. So it was more of having that discussion with them where I felt like I was heard, where um, they were heard as well. And we could actually like negotiate some shit. Mm. And they trusted me and I was able to do more things because I was able to communicate with them. So again, educate yourself Mm -hmm. before you have children. Right? It's like, <laughs> come on. It's necessary. Read a book. It's okay. And that's another thing. And that's another thing that's like so irritating. Because I would be facilitating these parenting classes, right? And I don't have kids. So, so parents be like, how are you supposed to tell me nothing? Like, one... Just because your parent doesn't mean you got it right. Because again, where are you learning your parenting from? Two, yes, you cannot learn it all from a book, but damn, it's helpful shit. <laughs> because you have not done research on what's effective for these kids. Now, I will say the research is biased because who are they testing? And then who is the research for? I will say that. But also, 
um, like, you don't know what you don't know, so go read something. But lastly is that as a therapist, I'm seeing more kids. I'm around more kids. And so I'm incorporating different things that I've learned. I'm also bringing in my culture with it. And I'm also bringing in other factors of things that I've observed over the years as well. So I'm bringing in both. Again, it's that balance, you know? So as a therapist, like, yes, I believe I can be effective in helping you with your children because I may know more than you. I'm seeing multiple families, different people from different ethnicities, from multiple places in the country. So I have more exposure. So that's one thing, you know, but I just want to say, like, it's okay to read a book about parenting, okay? It is. It really is. It's it not really that bad. is. It's okay. You can learn something new. Anyways. <laughs> um, anything else about the parent-child power dynamic, though? I went on a little bit of a rant, my bad. Nah, you good. That's what it's about. <laughs> Express yourself. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was saying that, you know, my parents, they allow me to negotiate. They allow me to communicate with them. And we have a much better relationship with them. Um, with, I have a much better relationship with my parents as an adult than say my sister because my sister my dad was very authoritarian because he grew up doing what like his parents did so he did what his parents did and it was not effective whatsoever and my sister and my parents well more so my dad have a different relationship than my dad and I because it was different parenting styles because the time so my dad had my sister at 18 and he had me at 35 so by that time he was reading all these self-growth books and self-help books and parenting books and stuff like that so he was at a different place mentally and educationally um when he had me so he was able to do different things hmm. so it's it really can impact your kids and your relationship with them as an adult as well yeah I think mm -hmm. it's all about changing those patterns like uh, building upon the positive patterns that you know that you have mm -hmm, within yourself, mm -hmm. your strengths, but also deconstructing the negative ones that have kind of like put you in this box that you don't want to be, you know, uh, locked up in. Yeah. Like break yourself out of that box and free yourself by going through the process of understanding your own feelings, your own thoughts, and and trying to grow from that. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if you can do that, then you can pass that on to your kids. Because then you can say, not only do I know how to show you how to grow, mm -hmm. you know, which is going to be more important. I, 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 I've done it. I've, I've actually broken the patterns. But showing them how to do that, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the biggest Cause thing. Because, again... Because uh, then cause you can parents, break any pattern. Because parents say, oh, um, you know, do what I say, not what I do. Uh, more often, kids observe and they follow what you do more than what you say. This right. is why you need to get your shit together <laughs> before you have kids. Again, evaluation and education. Right. It would be a lot better if you could do that mm -hmm. than just jumping straight into it yeah. and just wishing for the best. Like, I know there are scenarios. Look, everybody has accidents. Read a book. You got nine months. <laughs> <laughs> but tr try to do your best to, and think about these things. Like if you're thinking right now, you're single, whatever it may be, and you are thinking like, I do want a kid. Don't just, you know, we get so tied up in the in the fantasy and the perception of what we want in relationships in terms of family and whatever it may be that we don't think about what is it going to take to get there and mm -hmm, what steps do I mm -hmm, take on a daily to mm -hmm, get there? Like mm -hmm. me, I'm that romantic dude, but I also know like, 
the type of husband that I want to be, the type of father that I want to be. So I'm also preparing for that, and I'm enjoying the process of becoming a better man in that way. Mm-hmm. So instead of just thinking of it as like, man, I want a girl that can do this, this, and that, I'm asking myself today, like, okay, what in what ways, what patterns, and what uh, um, things am I, I forming about myself that's going to make me into the best man that I can be for myself, first of all, mm-hmm. looking internally in myself, mm-hmm. and then also mm-hmm. how am I going to be looking for the person who... I want to reflect me, my wife, like who who I also want to be in that same space where she's elevating herself and on her stuff and can look and identify things in herself that she needs to change. Like that's what it's about. And see, for me, I think about my kids. My baby fever is through the roof. <laughs> my baby fever is through the roof. So I'm thinking about all the things that I want to do with them. Like I want to travel with the, my kids. It's like that run at time. Like I feel like a lot of women, no. You know, like uh, every mid twenties. Well, one, like, my f- uh, people I know are married and having kids. Mm. But two, yes, the biological clock is ticking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a real thing. <laughs> Although I read some literature, a little side note, I read some literature that said we can have kids past thirty five because thirty five is the cutoff. That's when the dangers increase. But it's like it jumps from one percent to two percent of birth defects and stuff like that. And it's like, that's what we didn't know. And then when they were doing that test, it was like on French women in the 19th century type of shit. So the, the, the stuff that we believe may be uh, false. Recent groundbreaking research. Exactly. So the stuff we may believe on when it's safe to have kids may be a lie. So we may need to do some research because, because another thing like Halle Berry just had two kids in her forties. Janet had a kid at 50. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest fear, y'all. But, but anyway, that's 50. Think about that. That's still like, that's down see, the road. I also you know? don't want to be 50 having kids. That's what I'm saying, though. Man. Like, even, even if even if you up there, what I'm saying, like, like you, you gotta don't have run to after them. You tired yourself. Shit. <laughs> they ain't got that enough money to have anybody yeah, run after yeah. them. <laughs> right. But, um, get to that situation. <laughs> you know, but, uh, so I did want to talk about where'd it go? So, it's another article. Oh, hold up. It went away. And it is called... um, It's called, Dear Black Parents, You Need to Stop Doing These 13 Things. Ooh, I can't wait. And it's by Ashley Houghton. And uh, so, we're going to go over these three things, talk about it. Yeah. Again, it may be because of slavery that we're doing this shit. But anyways, requiring us to contribute financially while we are still in our teen years and early 20s. Mm. So um, what I was going to talk about Mm. was black families before integration. So before integration, we were a lot more collective. Mm. We were a lot. So we had more extended family living in the house. We had bigger families that might have been just limited birth control. But we like, like my family, like my mom, my grandma is one of nine. Um, My paternal grandma had seven children. Like they used to have some big families back in the day, you know. Although I'm like, who can afford that now? But anyway. That's so real. It's totally different out here. (laughs) but um but but again this this collectivist spirit was more so before integration because after integration we assimilated more with whites and they're more individualistic mm. so so requiring us to contribute financially while we're still in our teen years and early 20s one we all know that 
resources <laughs> resources <laughs> went up in price and we're not getting paid at the proportionate rate. So wages are like mm-hmm. flat and then like prices are like mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yes, parents may need help. Also, they may be in impoverished areas, like where they don't have resources to food and they don't have resources to schools that actually give a shit about their children. So yeah, they may need help. A lot of schools, like they base the funding off the schools off of testing. Off of not only that, but like property taxes. Yeah, that too. So if you live in an area, obviously that's like the housing situation is not ideal there. Mm-hmm. The property value is not going to be ideal there, mm-hmm. which means the taxes aren't going to be ideal, which mm-hmm. means the schools aren't going to be ideal. Exactly. And it's a perpetual cycle because mm-hmm. how is the school and the environment going to get any better if the school, uh, um, if the housing is getting any better? Mm-hmm. How's the housing going to get any better if the schools so and everything remember, else is getting better? Check out last episode when I said we need to change the whole government. Yeah, that. The system <laughs> is pretty much, mm-hmm. pretty much fucked. And I do think, um, that allowing your children and see it's it's interesting because like after college I didn't want to move back home like because again I told you about that personal journey for me but it like it would have been so much smarter to move back home and save money but I couldn't do it but like my niece did it she moved in with her grandparents yeah but it's like and then I've read articles and it's like oh you got the brother staying and his rent is such and such you got the sister staying and her rent is such and such you got the parents staying and their mortgage is such and such when you could be all in the same house and saving so much money Mm. but and you have people who care about you for sure people you know have your back but because (laughs) of these dysfunctional ass relationships because of the slavery impact sometimes you don't want to be in that house yeah Yeah. Yeah. All right. the next one using public embarrassment as punishment oh that's definitely slavery, y'all. They would do the worst punishment to one, string the person up so everybody can see, make everybody watch the whooping yeah, make an example as an example, yes. Yeah. So we still use that. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Man. Again, these are the things that need to stop. For real. Um, <laughs> what did I say? Threatening our lives. <laughs> what was I saying? What was I saying? I brought you in this world and I can take you out. We got a lot of those. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're talking about that one. I know. That's a saying. I feel like that might be a saying that stuck with me. I don't know. But I know it's not good. I'm going to show love in other ways. (laughs) Right. You know We're going to communicate. We're going to break this thing down. It's a balance. (laughs) But, um... Well, of course, beating and physically abusing us. Yeah, that's... So, okay. (laughs) Yo, yo, yo. Discipline is a big thing in black households. Belts, switches, and big-ass spoons are very familiar to the rear... That shit did not say big-ass spoons. It did say big-ass spoons. It's very familiar to the real ends, rear ends of many black children. (laughs) Let me just say, my mother loved the wooden spoon, y'all. She loved loved that wooden spoon. Dang, mama, why you love that wooden spoon? Come here, come here. (laughs) Would you say? Other times it was whatever you know was nearby. The comb, flip flop. Spanish households, <laughs> Latina households are very Latino. Um, the chancla they call it, but oh, <laughs> mm-hmm, they they favor the flip flop. Um, the be- didn't know that. Didn't the know belt that. is every now and then. That's like I was really fucking up because you had to go get the belt. You get your dad's belt. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then my mom grew up dad in the era. Got the butt. 
Well, coffee? we even, I know, but my mom's era was um switches. You go out to the tree, get a pick branch, switch. and then it was like, you can't pick the wrong one because then you got to go back out. And, and you're going to hurt even more if you exactly, do that. Like, exactly. Like, you trying to be smart. Okay. Mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You want to pick this one? Now you're going to get two. You're mm-hmm. going to get this one, and you're going to get the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting <laughs> because. Like, my mom was a disciplinarian, unless it wasn't enough. Like, I was still acting up after my mom disciplined me. That's when my dad came in, and I shut the I shut the hell up. I was done. I was sorry, because his hand hit harder than hers. So, wasn't about it. <laughs> but, all right, let's continue. Oh, and again, this goes back to corporal punishment, what we were discussing earlier, that I think the reason it's an issue is because of the age that it starts and the age that it ends, mm. the frequency, the intensity, and the object used. And this is the 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 specific thing that we talked about. Ooh, my bad, y'all. <laughs> um, the specific thing that we talked about um, in the parenting classes I facilitated is that discipline actually means to correct the behavior. So if you're disciplining your child and it's not to correct the behavior, it's because you're mad. You're just taking your anger out. Yeah. Your child. So if you if your child's doing some shit, you as the parent go take a time out, take some yeah, deep breaths, you. get your shit together, <laughs> and if you come back and, you and still out. feel like whooping that child, then maybe that's what they need. But like, is it to correct the behavior and actually think is it going to be effective in correcting right. the behavior? Like, I'm that's not supposed to be the goal. Exactly. And apparently, what I was learning because I had a white supervisor, loved her to death, but she was for the timeouts. So, and like, apparently people, people weren't using them effectively. Um, and that's, I'm not going to go in that right now, but apparently people weren't using them effectively. I don't know if I'm be using timeouts for my children. I, yeah. Cause usually, cause usually, so if a behavior is happening, a lot of times parents say, is, is this behavior acceptable or not? Rather than why is this behavior happening? Thank you. It's like, Take it a level deeper. Don't mm-hmm, just think of mm-hmm, it on the surface. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Like, has this happened before? Like, exactly. What's exactly. going on? What, so, this is new. So this behavior is like, happening. You've never acted like this before. I got to beat your ass. Uh-huh, like, no, uh-huh. like, you've never acted like this before. What's up? What's going on with you? And see, with this behavior happening, with timeouts, you're isolating them. And a lot of times, this behavior is calling out for attention. Any attention is attention, whether it's good or bad. And it's like, you need to talk with them. You need to be there with them in their face. What's going on versus sitting in a corner somewhere, you know? Timeouts are good for de-escalating one's emotions. Mm -hmm, And it's supposed mm -hmm. to be that. But it's supposed to be a tool used for communication afterwards and understanding afterwards. It's not just supposed to be like the end-all, be-all. Like, okay, you're on timeout. Okay, what did you just learn? You just learned to face a wall whenever you're in trouble. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, it may have calmed you down. But, again, it's supposed to be used as a vehicle to better understanding. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to just be like, all right, I seen a wall. You know how many times like I would get in trouble with school and I'd be like, whatever. I had fun. I had a conversation with myself. <laughs> like, what What's good? I'm on the wall. Uh, uh, I'm like chilling. Like, me and me. So, I, I enjoy myself. So, hold so, up. So, I'm going to be all right. So, hold up. You got in trouble a lot, though? I mean, <laughs> You got a song about being at the wall. I had a good time on the wall. Mm -hmm. It's whatever. 
it wasn't that big of a deal, but that was my point. It's like, did I really learn anything? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And I would, and then you would get attention from the class. Like if you climb around a wall, it's like you still get everything that you want mm-hmm. without actually learning the lesson and have somebody break it down for you, who actually in a caring way, like yeah, where you yeah. can actually hear it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we need a lot more teachers like that who are willing to go the extra mile. And they need to we get need, paid for it. Yes, yes. Shout out <laughs> like, to teachers. You should get paid more. Like, you should definitely get paid more. It's ridiculous. I got like, ridiculous. Six figures at the Exactly. Very like, you were literally raising the next the, generation. The next generation, the future of society. Like, that, that that affects literally everyone. And, and think about it. Like, you are with the child majority of their life. Like, majority of the day, they're with the teacher. That's they're right. not with the parents. Yeah, they're with... Their peers as well, but like they're with the teacher, you know. That's a very important it's a role. Huge part of their lives and who exactly, be. exactly. It's gonna mold them to who they're gonna be as an adult, and mm-hmm. that's gonna affect everything. Like I said, that's a whole generation being lifted mm-hmm, up and educated. Mm-hmm. If that's not taken seriously, then so who? so that being said, we need more Afrocentric education because I'm tired of this Eurocentric ass shit. Yes, and then two, we need to understand that there are Black learning styles, and we need to learn about them. There, like. Honestly, there are different styles than just American style. Like, this country is so isolated. Like, we know nothing about any other country. Fuck a lecture. And that's why we keep thinking we're, like, the best at everything. And I'm like, yo, no. dog, you, you just gotta no. look. Just look up north and you right? can tell you're not the best at everything. Exactly. But we just isolate, like, oh, America's mm-hmm, the best. Mm-hmm. We just so focused in on this little bubble. And that's why a lot of people, like, I hate that there's still some people, mm-hmm. some people, mm-hmm. um, that consider Africa is still like this dirty, like continent. Well, first of all, they think it's a country. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> they think it's like this dirty place where that's undeveloped. It's got like no resources and all this other stuff. And just all these negative views about their own, like home for real. Mm-hmm. And I'm really tired of seeing that because if they took a second, just a second, mm-hmm. to do any type of research, they would see how bountiful and rich that whole continent is. Okay, okay. We got to wrap it up soon. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I did want to say about the education, <laughs> not only are there black learning styles, but there are also different types of learning styles, and that's more common. Mm-hmm. You have the auditory. You have the, the um, what's the touch? Kinesthetic or something? You have mm-hmm. the different like types of learning in that form, and Schools do not cater. But anyways, back to this list of shit parents, black parents need to stop doing. <laughs> Discouraging us from pursuing the arts. Damn, that's very true. Do you know how creative mm. the black people are? So ingenious the black people are. And stifling that is stifling us. So it doesn't help with other realms either. Like, for me, most people that I know who are smart, they also have an artistic side to them. Mm-hmm. And that's their way of expressing their emotion, possibly. Mm-hmm. And that helps them to get through so they can be productive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. So if you're not able to express yourself in an artistic way, and that's a part of your essence, your being, your culture, then you won't be productive. Mm-hmm. That's why even when we were enslaved, what were we doing? Singing. Yeah, man. Dancing. Playing music Playing and shit. Music. Even through all that, mm-hmm. the raping, we the, really needed the, to the, the beatings, all that, the lynchings, we think, still singing and think songs. Think about the, the culture that comes out when we're really going through something. Like there's like a, a explosion of culture, of music, of art, of literature, of of poetry and music. There's some uh, explosion because we needed to express the fuck out of ourselves. 
But I, I also want to say that, and this is like the baby boomers versus the millennials, there is a difference between passion versus security. You can have both. And if you get a job that you're secure at and you're unhappy, you just spent most of your adult life, which is most of your life, unhappy. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be happy in the short life that I have. Well, not short. Hopefully it's long. But, you know, you only got even, this even one. More reason. Life like, is short. There if, we go. <laughs> if, if your life is as long as, like, let's say you live up to 100 years, would you want to live have that life just working? And miserable, paying bills. Oh, like... I'm going to be happy. I'm going to live my passion. I'm going to live my truth, as O says. Yes. <laughs> Do that. Yes. For sure. Live passionately and fearlessly. All right, next one. Partaking in homophobia and encouraging violence towards That's LGBTQ God. community. One, on, we know what discrimination and oppression feels like. So why would you do that to somebody why would you? Why would you do that to your child? Like, what kind of parent are um, you? And then on top of that, they got to deal with being black. Exactly, but what kind of parent are you? Seriously, you need to check yourself on that one. This is what I mean by like this culture, like holding on to things just because they were how they were. Like, I don't give a damn what kind of hotep thinks anything about homophobia and always demands uh, agenda and shit. What kind of fucking parent are you to disown your child because of who they love? And how is that affecting you? How is that really affecting you? Like, I, I understand, like, if you are a guy and you feel like your son, you don't want him to be gay, but if he's gay, wouldn't you want him to be happy? Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't that still be, like, your son, like, someone that you're proud to have raised and, and, and molded and, and put your own uh, sense of principles and character on? Like, if you're a real father, anyway. If you're someone who's trying to actually... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Make someone into a man that you can be proud of to say is your son um, through their character more than who they're fucking. Like, you know, that's kind of like privilege. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, if that's the end of your mental thought, like, is, is like, you, this person is defined by who they're fucking, and then that's it, and then you have no nuance or, or, or no search of the complexity of who they are as a human being, even if they're your family, then I think you need to do some self exploration and see what's mm-hmm. going on for you. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that upsetting you so much? And why is that what defines them to you? Why is that the only category you can see them in? True, true. The next one, not allowing us to have emotions. We've talked about that. Express yourself as mm-hmm. the parent and let your child express themselves. It's okay to cry. It's okay. Yeah, I understand that you feel sad. Explore those emotions. Identify those emotions. Learn healthy coping skills for those emotions. Feel your feelings. It's okay. Um, the next one, perceiving dissenting opinions as disrespect. Again, I can have yeah. a different belief. I can I ask you questions like, damn, are you unsure of yourself? Which is why you feel offended when right. I'm you, asking you, questions. Cutting off discussion because you can't handle any scrutiny to your point. Exactly. You can come at me all day like, I got facts to back me up. Which mm-hmm. is why I'm securing what I say in my piece. Exactly. And if I am wrong, I'm okay with that. Because if I'm wrong about something, I, I can wrong. learn something. What? So, so either, what so if my child is teaching me something? Exactly. So either you're scared to grow, or, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, think about your position. You're scared to grow, or you're scared to be wrong about a core position that you hold because you know that core position is just it's too near and dear to you. That's a lot of people with religion and spirituality. It's like, mm-hmm. 
they're so rigid in their thinking because it's, the, it's their core. And if like, they were to let that go, then maybe they would have to explore other things, start questioning other things about their lives. What? Ooh. All right, all right. <laughs> Not allowing us to have any personal space. This was the, you live under my roof, yeah. my rules type of thing. Um, I mean... I understand that you need your space, but at the same time, if you're doing something, I'm going to check your room. Like, I'm going <laughs> to tell you that yeah. I'm checking your room once I'm checking it. Privacy has its room just like everything exactly, else. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Again, I need to make sure that I'm parenting my child and make sure I know what's going on, you know? What? <laughs> okay, so, remember, this is the article of things that black parents should not do. <laughs> that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Continuously using explicit language. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> so, obviously we curse. Um, okay. Um, Let me break okay, down. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. So, the way I see cursing is, um, it's part of my vernacular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the way I emphasize words. But obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, neither of us have a problem with articulating ourselves mm-hmm. or using words that have uh, more than one syllable. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not that clearly we're educated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and knowledgeable about stuff. So this whole um, misinterpretation about uh, cursing and being uh, you you lack vocabulary or you're unintelligent. Fuck that. You just you're not very you're not very intelligent. You can't formulate ideas. That's just bullshit. Um, so we, we have a whole podcast on our ideas. <laughs> exactly, and and plenty because, more. To, uh, exactly, exactly. Plenty we ain't done. Nowhere near. <laughs> so it's 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 just like it's a way to emphasize what you're saying and put. Um, it's a cultural thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you're really putting um, like an accent on what what you're doing. Like you're making sure it's an emphasis. Like yo, fuck that, get the fuck out of here. It's also like a a, a swag to it. Like out here, of course, in, in the Bay, like hella is just like how you just right? talk. That's just like, like yo, I saw was, a billboard with that. Yo, shit. that's just like, how it you is. You know, that's a curse word, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say about it is you have to learn the distinction between cursing uh, with somebody, you know, in conversation. Like, oh, yo, you saw that shit? That's some fuck nigga shit. Uh, that right, shit was so right, crazy. Right, right. That shit was crazy as mm-hmm. hell. I couldn't believe that. That's some bullshit right there. Like, you know, we're just talking about it. We're having mm-hmm, a conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and that's different between cursing at someone. Like, mm-hmm. yo, what the fuck did you say? Yo, fuck. That's just And then calling somebody out the you know names. Although I do know I use motherfucker a lot, but I ain't, it ain't nobody's face. <laughs> the other thing you have to take into consideration is just the context. Like if mm-hmm. I, if I'm rocking with, you know, Rocky and we just talking like, yo, this is some bullshit. I'm like, yo, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. She knows I'm just joking. Mm-hmm. If somebody else said, yo, get Again. the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm on the bus. Get out of my seat. And she's like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> yeah, this I was like, what the fuck right now? <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> just that quick. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw my facial expression, but I, I, I did want to say, oh man, it's going. My thought is going. You got it. You got it. So, oh, so another thing, in addition to cursing in the conversation versus cursing at someone, mm-hmm. just tell your children, all right, these are the curse words. <laughs> don't say them until you're an adult. I mean. Pretty much because, and then if you could break it, if you could break it down like how we just did, like mm-hmm. these are words that can be seen bad in one way mm-hmm. and good in the other mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And until you're old enough to learn how to use them correctly, mm-hmm. I don't want you using this language. Mm-hmm. Even though Something I use like it all that. the time, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this one: Don't do what I say. I mean, don't do what I do. Do what I say. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna say that one for that. Okay, next one, we gotta wrap it up. Oh yeah, yeah. pretending that you're never wrong and not apologizing when you are, in fact, dead wrong. Mm. Again, gross. 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 
Um, making us call everyone auntie and uncle. Why can't we do that? Everyone is not your auntie or uncle, and you really should be careful about who you let around your children, which leads to my final oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, I, I mean, see what they're saying. Though. I mean, okay, so this is going to be the final point, but fictive kin is a part of our culture because, again, we're innately collectivists. So we have play cousins and we have your auntie, which is really your mama's best friend type of thing. Like that's a part of that, that fictive kin. And it's, it's that culture of extended family. So I think they got it wrong on this one, but I will say for the next the point, point, yeah. <laughs> ignoring sexual abuse and shaming your daughters that no, we got to stop. Yeah, if your child says that you listen, fuck whatever relationship you're in, you listen. Fuck whatever family like, and that's the thing. Toxic. To you have toxic family, and a lot of adults now, the millennials, are like, I'm not gonna put myself in a toxic situation just because of my family. This is where the concept of chosen family comes from. Yep. Because and, and in a lot of ways, chosen family is more intimate because again, you, you get chose to them exactly. It's like your partner. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes arranged marriages work, and they do. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's like, yo, I ain't choose you. For- <laughs> Damn, child. I, like, I was trying to be in love. And again, else. because a lot of times we're in relationships and we're having children before we really got to know ourselves and true. really dig deep within ourselves and see what our flaws are and how we can grow. There is a lot of toxicity within families. Mm-hmm. And no, you don't have to deal with that bullshit. Facts. <laughs> But we got to wrap it up. Yeah, we going over. I know. We just having a good, a good time talking to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, y'all. Um, be safe out here with the holidays. Don't kill nobody. All right. Take your timeouts. Take your timeouts. Stay positive. Mm-hmm. Try to grow. Mm-hmm. Try to be aware of yourself and your actions, your emotions. And realize that knowledge is power and you never stop learning. Know yourself. And know that slavery deeply impacted us. <laughs> That's the That shit fucked us up. Historical trauma is real. All right. Thank you so much. And it's so real. We out. Peace and love, y'all.